five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA. We're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about behavioral science today. <coughs> but first, we're going to be talking about more with less from Tom Fishburne. We're going to have to do more with less. Empty chairs. Okay, and he says, doing more with less is emerging as sort of the business mantra for 2023. Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella used this term externally and internally this week to talk about the overall business climate. In a memo to staff announcing layoffs, he said, <coughs> as we saw customers accelerate their digital spend during the pandemic, we're now seeing them optimize their digital spend to do more with less. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, well, he's got a big bias in, ter in terms of digital, right? He believes the religion of digital. We'll talk about that for a minute. We in the tech industry will have to get more efficient. We will have to show our own productivity gains. That ought to be something. Too often, doing more with less means doing more of the same thing with fewer resources and a smaller budget, okay, and smaller share of voice, as Mark Ritson would, would say. <clears throat> this can lead to burnout, short-term thinking, and unintended consequences. Actually, doing more with less requires rethinking entirely how we work, right? Kaz Nejashian. Shopify COO recently introduced the concept of loose, useful subtraction. And so you probably need more focus, right? You need to get rid of some of those some of those interesting business ideas that haven't really panned out. <laughs> like my like perhaps my my uh daily live stream. <laughs> anyway, he took aim at meetings and Slack as meetings meaning I think Microsoft meetings, meetings on Zoom and Slack as two areas that were getting in the way of productive work and should be subtracted. So it was more about the process of work. Uh, they deleted 10,000 events, Shopify did, across the company, equal to about 76,000 hours of meetings, and put into, pol into uh, policy changes they they said that Slack was bloated, noisy, and distracted. Distracting. I do have a Slack account if you care. I haven't used it much. Uh, I do like LinkedIn because I don't get that many messages during the day. So if you want to reach out to me, uh, you can call me, but you can also just get me on LinkedIn. And you, if you're watching this, you're probably already connected with me on LinkedIn. So just send me a message and uh, or even a connection if you're not connected. Um, and they said they were going to they were going to cap future public Slack channels to 150 subscribers. <laughs> and they said that uh, they were going to they were going to only allow meetings, Zoom meetings Let's see, we're canceling all Shopify meetings with more than two people. So they're basically just using it as a video phone, like the Jetsons. Okay, let's give people back their their maker time 
Companies are for builders, not managers. And uh, I had three roommates in college, and one was getting his MBA, or maybe two of them were getting their MBA. And uh, one came home one day and he said, my professor told me that the main objective of management is to keep the unproductive people from getting in the way of the productive people. And I think that was, there's a lot of wisdom in that. <laughs> okay, so here's a, from a long time ago, 2008. How the heck am I supposed to grow this brand with so little water next year? He's got this luxurious plant. And the guy raising cactuses says, good luck, you know, who's obviously positioned for the drought, right? Uh, we have to do more with less. This is from February 2015. <clears throat> All that's in, in case of emergency, break glass. All that's in here is a memo to cut our marketing budget, which is, you know, one big lever that, you know, when when your C when your CFO and your CEO look at the P&L, they see one top line number, the sales, overall sales, and they see like eight uh, cost numbers, and marketing is right in there. <clears throat> and they say, wow, we can sure save a lot of money. You know, if sales go down 10%, we, and we only have, all we have to do is cut marketing, and we'll make that up. <clears throat> right. Because they haven't proven, the marketing department hasn't proven a connection between marketing and sales. And if you don't know how to do that, <clears throat> yesterday we talked about, I think this might be up a little hot today, we'll tone it down. We were doing some recording in the, in the office on Friday, so I, I apologize if that's a little too loud. I'll try to adjust it on the podcast, which brings me to another topic. <clears throat> I do have a daily podcast, and I'm trying to hook up RSS feeds and put it up on the different platforms. I found out why Google stopped running it it's because we stopped putting the the shows into into google <laughs> into their the place where they're looking for them <clears throat> just about exactly the same time they stopped covering it so we're going to get that fixed somehow i'm working on that today and you'll be able to download the the uh the daily show audio and you'll be able to listen to it in high speed on your way to work if you want and uh, I think that should be just ducky so look for that in the next few days I hope it may take it may take a week or two um, but at least we're uncovering some of the reasons why it isn't working <clears throat> so let's get over to behavioral science this is something that and I it always bothers me that brand United doesn't put the date in there the published time for some reason never works it always says published time, and that's all it says. But I think it was about, <clears throat> like this summer, about August. She started a series of uh, on behavioral science and how direct mail connects up with it. And this gets at some of the do more with less. One of the things that direct mail has direct mail has some some things baked into it that just are are unique to it. Um, it's in the real world. It's not virtual it's not something that throws itself away like a tv commercial if you get up and walk away it'll be over and you come back to your football game or whatever you're watching uh if you're driving down the highway and you see a billboard or maybe you don't see it and you just keep driving it'll go away right but direct mail doesn't throw itself away so direct mail uh has some baked in 
engagement, and it also has some baked-in epistemology. So Friday's show, we were talking, or I was playing a little clip from Rory uh, Sutherland, and and I listened to the rest of the podcast, and I highly encourage it. Uh, John Evans did the interview, and all those links are in the uh, are in the Friday show. So I encourage you to go back there and listen to it. But what direct mail does is it gives you more it gives you more certain knowledge than digital, much much more. And so if you're thinking of if you're saying we really need to know what's working and what isn't working. Uh, direct mail is the way to get that assurance. Now that doesn't mean you should have to stop your digital or your or your mass media. But I have a wonderful case study about how we use mail to <clears throat> to figure out what was really working, and then from there, we we used mass media and digital to pour gasoline on that. Once we understood what the market was really after, which we didn't, just using digital because we didn't know who saw it and who didn't see it, and that's 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 the brilliance of mail. Um, so anyway, Summer did this nice series, and we're she's up to four or five, um, but we're gonna back up and we're gonna we're gonna go. This one was about emotion and how you could build emotion. How can we create emotion in our direct mail to get them to purchase? And she said a lot of good things. <clears throat> then I wrote to her and I said, you know, what about loss aversion? <laughs> And then her next program was about loss aversion, and it was already in the can. She, it, it wasn't my idea, but she said, I'm going to touch on that in the next one. And so um, so she did this loss aversion. Benefits alone, here we go, benefits alone will not sell your product or service. You need to tell people what they're missing out on in order to get them over that hump to purchase. People are approximately twice as motivated to avoid the pain of loss as they are to acquire the pleasure of gain in direct mail because the pleasure is often fleeting and ethereal <laughs> fear does not just drive sales it can drive more expensive sales so they can get the you know you want to get the full featured version because you're going to want that as soon as you get it home okay so anyway and so now <clears throat> i i didn't see the other ones all of a sudden i saw the fifth one and it wasn't connected to the series so we're backing up a little bit. So today we're going to talk about scarcity and reciprocity. Um, and, you know, scarcity to me seems a lot like fear of loss, but it's not. Okay. Fear of loss is you're going to miss out on this deal or something like that. Whereas scarcity is we don't, well, it's still going to be missing out, but we don't have very many of these left or it's an exclusive offer just to our best customers or something like that. Okay. It's still, a, it's, it's a, it's a, let's say it's a refinement of fear of, of that fear of loss okay scarcity increases desirability there's something else about direct mail and that was in that first article and that was that when you sit in the car when you smell the leather and you take it for a test drive you're already feeling like you it's yours it gives you that feeling and direct mail more than digital gives you a feel as though it's yours because there's something in your hand you know that has a picture of the product and etc on it uh and so when when you know you throw it in the trash maybe maybe it's gone maybe now it's not yours anymore okay 
But anyway, another another way to express that is an offer that expires quickly or only a limited number left. Many marketers are currently using this to drive response. Instead of just adding an expiration date, consider using exclusivity uh, also. People enjoy having access to perks, savings, and experiences that other people do not. When you're able to make people feel they're a part of a select group, they're more likely to purchase, so like VIP. For many of my clients, I've started <clears throat> like a like a product testing group for your extreme multi-buyers. You know, there's some people that just buy from you a lot. You may not know why, but you can oftentimes get your manufacturers to donate products with their name on it that you can send out to your best customers. Uh, when I was working with Norscott back in the 80s, we had a sample of the month club. and It was extremely popular. Whether it drove sales was a little harder to tell because, you know, when you're promoting one item, people may not be in the mood for that one item, but they do feel a, they feel more of a connection. So provide a VIP code and ask them not to share it with anyone else. That's another good way to get it go, to go viral. Offer them access to specific web pages that not everyone else can access, especially if you have like a login to your site. Give them special discounts or free gifts. See, all those things we've tried in the past. You may also add reciprocity to pack an even bigger punch. People like to get things for free. This is an interesting concept. This is part of that sample of the month club. I think this is the, the element that we worked on. People feel indebted when they get things, when they get gifts. People do not like to owe other people. They must find a way to pay it back, and so they're more inclined to purchase from you. Although it was interesting, um, in How to Win Friends and Influence People, it says you should ask people for favors, and that will make them feel that you're indebted to them, and then they will like you better. It's kind of an interesting, this is an interesting dynamic, so you've got to be a little careful with it. The gift doesn't have to be large or expensive, but it's great if it's useful, personal, or enjoyable. I mean, one of the things we got the most reaction to was the imprinted Band-Aid. <laughs> we sent a little Band-Aid in an envelope, and it had, you know, it had our name on it. And uh, But some ideas are guides, reports, candy, calendars, door hangers, magnets. This, this, uh... This fleece, I think I've told you this story, but this particular fleece, I didn't realize I had it on. <clears throat> I sent, I, I saw an offer for free, um, for, for uh, you know, a bunch of free samples. And I got this fleece and I got some weird socks and, you know, some other stuff in the box. <laughs> and, uh, but I really remember the fleece. There's no company name on it. It's completely, it's just a black fleece. It's wonderful. It's it's probably the warmest fleece I own. It's even warmer than the Land's Ends. You know, I really like it. And uh, and and it came with a business card and and a catalog in it because it was from an imprinted merchandise company. And I called them. I called them up a couple of times. Never got a call back. I called. I actually called the. Uh, the the chief marketing officer or the chief or or the CEO who I'd known from a past you know in a, where they were in a different job and so was I uh, and I said there was just no follow up I know I would love to I would love to explore working with your company more now I don't remember who it is this is about two or three years ago but I really like it 
So if you're going to do these kinds of elaborate uh, promotions, you want to make sure the follow-up is also in place. And I would say also put your company name on the items, um, certainly for sure, okay? Uh, use a box or padded envelope. I always liked when it shook and made noise. That increases curiosity at the point of opening. And and just, you know, the way we're explaining or the way I'm explaining some of these fun things is, is uh, why there's a lot to think about in this kind of offer. Um, and you want to get with somebody that knows something about what they're doing and has some experience in the past. Okay, most people will open packages first and you want to surprise them since this feeling intensifies our emotions by 400%, according to behavior scientists. Now, I, I did see an article the other day that said, if you're going to send something inexpensive and really worthless, <laughs> don't put it in a huge box because then people will be disappointed. You know, of course, they can feel the weight. Um, right. And, uh, you know, so there's there's a there's balance someplace. Right. And you got to keep that in mind. So ways to add reciprocity include special tips and tricks targeted to your audience. Send a newsletter with helpful information. Provide them access to special helpful content on your website. Send reminders so they do not miss deadlines. Offer free samples, trials and gifts and. Give to get, use the give to get motto before you send your scarcity and exclusivity direct mail. You want to prime them for your offer by first sending them a gift. If you want to differentiate your company from your competition, use phrases like unlike other companies, not typically available or difficult to obtain. Your goal is to make people feel they owe you and they are time pressed and special. Okay, in the next article, we'll discuss social proof and storytelling. So I'm going to try and bring that up because it's it's out there now. And so my goal is to catch up with Summer, with Summer's informa excellent information. Summer's a person who actually puts stuff in the mail. So I trust the things that she says, although I would love to know what the incremental lift is of a gift. So Summer, if you're out there, that's the question. And uh, keep watching for the podcast because most of the stuff is as good on conversationally as it is, you know, the video. The videos are not that elaborate. Bye-bye.